0: What's up, guys? Welcome to Official Visit, the podcast about college baseball recruiting by players for players. I'm Joe Jimenez, here with Jared Panaman, and Jared's going to give you a little talk about Chin Music Designs.
1: Yeah, guys, Chin Music Designs has been uh, a sponsor of this podcast for about a month now, and they make awesome, high-quality, durable bat knob decals that you can really put anything through whether it be dirt sunflower seeds gatorade showers uh the the occasional bat slam back into the bat rack you know um you can you can shop their pre-made designs you can customize your own it's it's a really great product and they're they're great guys over at over at chin music so if you guys want to shop pre-made designs or create your own go visit www.chinmusic.store And Chin Music is even giving uh, our listeners to this podcast 20% off their next order by using the code OFFICIAL. That's O-F-F-I-C-I-A-L. Chin Music, your bat, your story.
0: Guys, today we have Will Jacobson. Um, He's a two-way guy at Harvard. He went to Branson High School in Marin County, California. He's from the same area um, as me. Uh, he lives in San Francisco, California. And, man, Will Will is a hell of a ball player. Um, I've been working out with Will since I got back from Instructs. Um, and he can he can run the fastball up. I mean, he, uh, this summer he was up to 97. Just caught his pen yesterday, and he was up to 96. Uh, so a bright future for Will. I'm super excited to see where he goes. And,
1: and Guys, this, this is an awesome interview. Uh, we talked with Will about – high academic recruiting. Uh, And he goes, he goes pretty deep into that. So that's interesting to hear, but then, then he really talks about what it's like to apply to an Ivy league school and what goes into that and what's considered. And we finish up talking about how Harvard is, Harvard's really getting guys to pro ball uh, with their player development. And Will talks to us about that. So thank you again for listening. If this is your first time listening to, to our podcast, thank you for coming. Uh, if you if you aren't following us on social media go check us out on Instagram check us out on Twitter um, check us check us out on our on our website Everything is linked below in the description uh, if you want to leave us a review on Apple podcasts or share this with your friends we we really really appreciate it you guys are helping us grow um, and and we can't thank you guys enough so
2: let's go
0: Well thanks so much for. For coming on. How are you doing today, man?
2: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me.
0: Of course. Uh, so just to get started, you know, you started at Branson High School in Marin County. Um, now you're at Harvard. You're a two-way guy at Harvard. Um, you know, how did you end up at Harvard?
2: Um, I think my, my story, how I got there, starts obviously in high school. Like you mentioned, I attended Branson, which is a smaller private school, very academic school in Marin County. Um, and for me, my, my family had always prioritized academics. My dad always made it clear that academics came before athletics. So it was always just a big focus in my family that, that sports came second to school. Um, I guess my story in high school, I, I initially, uh, basketball was really my first love and first uh, sport that I really invested a lot of time in. Um, and Branson being a small school, I got the opportunity to play varsity basketball as a freshman. And, and so... You know, just playing a lot of big games as a freshman there really made basketball something that I thought maybe might have been my what I wanted to do in college so after my freshman year I was really really invested in basketball played baseball obviously um, to my freshman year but didn't nearly have as much enjoyment as I did on the basketball court so um, I really wasn't thinking that much about college baseball as time went on um, I started realizing probably probably wasn't going to be good enough to play college basketball. And really the summer, I'd say after my sophomore years, when I really started falling in love with baseball and falling in love with the grind of baseball and potentially seeing it as a future for myself. Um, so somewhere after my sophomore years, when I went to, I think maybe one or two camps, just kind of tested the waters of, you know, what the competition is looking like and and whether it's a realistic possibility for myself to play college baseball. Um, I spent a lot of time my junior year uh, really grinding, really trying to get better and developing. And then um, went to a bunch of camps after my junior year and that's when um, I was able to be seen by Harvard and eventually uh, get the offer and end up there.
1: And so you were talking about how your. After your sophomore year you went to you went to a couple of camps. I mean, were those were those school specific camps or were you going to recruiting camps? And was that kind of like when you're like, okay, cuz you said basketball you realized you weren't going to be able to play that in in college. Was but were those sophomore camps that you attended? Was that like okay, like I I can I can do this.
2: For sure. I think so. Uh I attended I don't know. You guys know Head First Camp. I don't know if anybody's mm-hmm. talked about those on the pod before, but um, so that it's a it's a more like academic uh, schools. I guess go to these camps. So there's probably 40 to 50 D3 and D1 acad- academic classified schools there. Um, so I went to one of those camps, which I think was like a good starting point for me because it kind of cast a wide net. Got to see a lot, meet a lot of different coaches, and talk to a lot of different schools, and just see players um, they kind of projected all different levels and kind of see where I, I stacked up, um, relative to all of them.
0: <clears throat> Will, would you say that, I mean, you got to those showcases or camps and you're just like, you know, I'm physical enough. I mean, were you comparing yourself to the other kids at the camps and you're just like, you know, like I'm standing out here. Like I can, I can do this for sure. Um, is that how you like really like built your confidence, and were just like, yeah, I can absolutely do this?
2: I think a little bit. I think for sure there's a little bit. I, I mean, you obviously, I think, look around a little bit and see other competition, see always sort of thinking, how are you stacking up? Um, but I think for me, after my sophomore year, I wasn't fully confident that wow, I'm like a dude, like I can, I, I can take all these guys, like I'm better than everyone, just because I didn't think my tools really projected as much in like a showcase format I was I was really a line drive kind of gap to gap kind of hit I wasn't up there hitting absolute nukes I had a good arm in the infield um at this time I wasn't pitching at all I was only playing infield so I was only getting uh looked at to play third base or play in middle infield um I had okay hands in the infield I had a solid arm across the diamond but I, I was a line drive kind of gap to gap guy I wasn't which I mean isn't like the traditional standout um, okay. guy to showcase I'd say so you I mean, you said you said you started talking to Harvard after your
1: junior year, right absolutely yeah, yeah, so what was like where did they see you like how was that was that kind of a, another one of those? It might not have been head first, but kind of an academic minded showcase, but like how how did that conversation kind
2: of start absolutely, so I, I saw them at a couple of places first um, to start the summer. I actually went and did a camp at Harvard, probably. Towards the beginning of June, really at the beginning of the summer, uh, which I thought was great because I, I think I really got on their radar there because it was a much smaller camp. There's probably 30 or 40 kids there. So I got a lot of face time with the coaches and they really got to see um, see me play a lot more than they would at one of those bigger camps with with tons of schools and tons of kids. Um, so after that, I started talking to them a little bit. Um, I would email the coach back and forth. I had a couple of conversations on the phone. Um, but it didn't look like I was, like, one of their top guys. It definitely sounded like just from our conversations that they had guys on their list probably ahead of me. Um, and then I saw Coach Decker, who's our head coach, at a camp called Showball in San Francisco, um, which is another one of those kind of bigger camps. There's, But it's all head coaches, which is nice. So you get to really have conversations with the guys that are making the, the big decisions for all the programs. Um, but I'd say it's probably, like, 30 or 40 – coaches at that camp but um, that's when I started I started pitching my junior year in high school and so I didn't really throw that much at the beginning of the summer but I was throwing a lot towards the middle of the summer which when he saw me at showball and that I think was the difference which pushed me over and eventually got me the offer for them after he saw me at that
0: camp. So well we talk a lot on the podcast about we just had Coach Calhoun he's at Biola D2 down in in Southern California and you know, he talks about the value of, of having those camps on, on campus, especially as underclassmen. Like if you really want to get <clears throat> your recruiting process started early, it's kind of the only option you, you have in terms of like being able to talk to a coach um, because the rules say you got to be on campus to talk to that coach. Um, did they personally, I mean, did they invite you to the camp or were you just like, you know, Harvard's on my list? You know, I think it would be a good fit for me. Um, you know, it would, give me a great opportunity to talk to the coaches like right there, right then. Um, so I'm going to go to the camp.
2: That's exactly how it was the second way you described. Uh, I knew at the beginning of the summer, I kind of put together a list of the schools that were kind of my, my dream schools and the schools that I really would love to play at. And that was one of the ones at the top of the list. And so I thought me and my family decided it was a good opportunity to, you know, talk to the coaches and hopefully get them to, to see me a little closely, more closely uh, in that environment.
1: You talked about the list just now. I mean, what talk us what went into that list of schools. I know you talked about high academics. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sure that was kind of first and foremost, but what were some of the other qualifiers, I guess, that you're like, okay, I need these, these, however many things it was um, in order to be my, my dream school. What was it?
2: Absolutely. So yeah, like you mentioned, uh, academics was first and foremost for me and my family. Then after that, I wanted to find, obviously, just find the right fit in the program, a program that I felt um, I could see myself developing in, um, a program where I had a good, I felt like I could build a good relationship with the coaches and just play baseball at the highest level I could. Uh, on top of that, I just found just through the whole looking at college process, I knew I wanted to be in, like, ideally in a more urban school. I, I wasn't a huge fan. Um, I've just grown up in the city my whole life, and I, I wasn't as a fan of the more rural schools, just the environment there. Um, and I didn't really know what I wanted to study. So, then I'll, just on top of that, kind of the final thing I was kind of looking for is just schools that would give them more general education, mm-hmm. and I didn't have to pick a major right from the start and um, decide kind of all the things I wanted to study right from the start So I wanted to take a kind of broader net of classes.
0: Well, so when Coach Decker, like, offered you, I mean, you had to have been talking about, you know, Harvard's obviously a very high academic school. I mean, probably the most high academic school. But, you know, first question has to be like, what's your GPA and what are your test scores, right? Mm-hmm. So like, what does that kind of the admissions process, like you commit, but you guys have already been talking about, you know, like my GPA will get me in, like my test scores will get me in. I still need to go through my my senior fall and do well. You know, what are the, kind of the broad, qualifications like what were the numbers that they're looking for um to go to an ivy to go to a
2: harvard absolutely um i think it varies a little bit from different different people but um they obviously have to meet minimum requirements to for the um the baseball team to give them a chance to get through um they never told me like the exact minimum requirements i think it varies kind of class to class because um the way they described to me is that they have to meet class averages. So if they get a couple of really, really smart kids, then it will allow them to, to take some kids that maybe have a little bit lower right. scores. Um, so their averages will be high enough to get all of them through with their admissions process. Um, for me, I had, I had a 32 ACT at about a 37 GPA, um, which I, I don't really know how that stacks up with, uh, what their like baseline is but just with the mix of other kids in my class that was enough to to help push me through.
1: I'm, I'm glad you brought up the the class average because I remember when I was I was talking with some of those Ivy League uh, schools uh, they talked to me a lot about the academic index mm. uh, which is which is that class <laughs> average ranking system um, and for for everyone listening that doesn 't know what that is, I think will kind of summed it up pretty good but it 's basically they have a certain aggregate number that they need to hit, so like he said if you if you have higher academic uh guys that you get early, then that means that they can push through some lower academic kids that might normally not be able to get in so it 's a class by class system, so don 't count yourself out of of an ivy league school if mm-hmm. if you don't have the the numbers that will had it's a class-by-class system so it's i mean if you want to go to an ivy league school reach out i mean the academic index changes every single year based on every mm-hmm. single class so i'm glad you went into that
2: um to add one more little thing on that i think if you're you know you're a pretty you're a really bright kid and you maybe get like a 33 ACC but you feel like, oh, I could, I can get a thirty-six, but a thirty-three would be good enough at schools. I would take it again and always try to get that higher score. Mm-hmm. Schools are looking for kids with really, really high scores to help bring up their their index averages to to allow them to take in a couple lower score kids.
1: One one hundred percent. And I'm just, I'm just curious when you were when you were getting recruited, um, because obviously an Ivy League school is it's an Ivy League school take the baseball out of it it's, a, it's an excellent school it's a rigorous school i mean was i know we talked about that you wanted a high academic institution but was there a little bit of you that was wondering if you could do baseball and ivy league harvard at the same time
2: absolutely i mean obviously it was i knew it was going to be a huge challenge and um school by itself is already a big enough challenge then adding on top of that almost a full-time job you have to take time every day um to go and invest a lot of time and energy into there's definitely um, some doubts and little worries in my head um, before I got there.
0: Absolutely. Jared, I think that was a great question. Cause I mean, I just thought about that too. I, I Well, can you give us a, like a look into, you know, what, what is a typical day? I guess this year is obviously hard cause you're at home this fall <laughs> damn COVID man. Um, but you know, let's say your fall last year, what was a typical day like in terms of just you know balancing baseball and academics?
2: Absolutely. Um, so we have our first class are at 9 a.m so I'd say typical dad wake up um, 8 15 ish uh, head over to the dining hall get some breakfast get all ready for class. Uh, I'd say most of the baseball players and athletes all have our classes throughout the morning because we always have practice in the afternoon so I'd have class from 9 to 10:15, usually 10 30 to and then my final class of the day, if I had three classes at 12, get done classes a little after one, um, eat some lunch at the dining hall, maybe have an hour or two to chill, maybe do a little bit of homework um, and then head across for us, our athletic facilities are probably like five or six blocks from our like academic campus. So um, head down the river to the athletic facilities whether it was an individual day, so we'd have like indie workouts. you work out with like a small position, a small group of like your position guys, or if we had a full team practice in the afternoon, um, that's usually about two, two and a half hours. And then um, almost every day we either have speed or uh, speed and agility or a lift after after practice. So that would probably take us to a little after six, maybe close to seven. and then quickly rush to the dining hall, get a little bit of dinner, hopefully finish that before eight and get in the library ready to study by eight it's a 30. full day full day That is a full day full day what a because yeah that's a
1: that, that that's a lot um, do you, <laughs> do, you guys, do you guys as as uh, athletes do you guys get like any like resources like afforded to you like uh tutors or do you guys have mandatory study hall i mean obviously everyone if you're at harvard you're you want to put in the time to study but i mean sometimes you might not have the time or the energy to do it
2: No, absolutely i think that's, that's probably the biggest challenge i've had at harvard is those days when you're, you're just trained you just want to think about baseball and playing baseball and then you have to go to the library and, and study for a couple hours um harvard does a really nice job that everyone has access to tutors i don't think we get really any um extra privileges for being on a sports team but they they just do a really good job for all students so all students have access to to tutors and and a lot of resources to help them academically if they need it
0: and well I know at Chapman we got like priority scheduling for athletes just because you need to schedule around baseball I mean was it the same thing at Harvard where it's like you guys will get to sign up for classes like a day or two before most people or no
2: Unfortunately, not. No. Wow. At least not get much priority uh, as far as classes go. If wow. you like sections and stuff, um, you can usually like send an email saying like I have practice in the afternoon. I need like an earlier section time. Mm-hmm. Um, but for no classes, we don't really get to sign up before anyone else. We kind of get put in the lotteries the same way as any other student would. Wow, that's rough. Well, <laughs>
1: so I. Correct me if I'm wrong, but if I'm remembering correctly, Ivy League doesn't do scholarships the same way Division Three does, right?
2: Right. Yeah.
0: So, division one. Are you saying Division one, Jared?
1: Yeah, Division one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but walk us through. I mean, it's not cheap. College isn't cheap, obviously. I mean, so what? What financial aid packages um are available at a school like Harvard? Because obviously lots of people from all different walks of life are are going to Harvard. I mean, what, in in a nutshell, I mean, walk us through kind of that financial aid process, what it was like for you.
2: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. right. I mean, you're right. They don't offer any uh, athletic money, um, but Harvard does need a hundred percent need based financial aid. So for all students that, that um, meet their, uh, I don't want to say their threshold, I guess, for, financial aid, you can apply for it. And they, they meet 100% of it, which is definitely a huge, a huge benefit.
0: Absolutely. I mean, is that just a, that's FAFSA based, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Just making sure, just making sure people know that because I mean, we've talked about FAFSA before on the podcast. I think we need to explain that a little more, maybe on a blog post or something, because I mean, that stuff gets a little confusing, but you know, that's, that's one of those things that, that just helps you make college in general for everyone regardless of whether you're an athlete or not uh makes it more affordable because i mean 60 grand 70 grand for a year for private institutions like everywhere throughout the country is 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 honestly just insane but i mean
1: it's aggressive
0: yeah it it really is i think it's a problem that needs to be fixed but again that's just way out of our reach they'll figure it out right but um you know will i know you have pro aspirations Um, I think there's this misconception that, you know, like I'm going to go to a high academic school and, you know, like I'm not thinking about pro ball, but I just, I know Harvard's getting dudes out, you know, even, even. This past year seeing, seeing the undrafted guys sign, I think you guys had two guys this year Mm -hmm. and you guys had a couple guys last year as well. Um, Well, I guess for you is the end goal playing pro ball and you know, is there, is that something that the coaches there preach or is it just kind of things that, you know, will, will eventually happen when guys are putting in the work every single day, both in the classroom and, and on the field, but it's just a, a byproduct of, of success within the program.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it definitely is an aspiration of mine. Ever since I kind of decided baseball, something that I wanted to dedicate a lot of my, my life to, I've wanted to play at the highest level I possibly can and ride that, that bus as long as I could. Um, and obviously, when I was looking at schools, I saw Harvard was actually putting a lot of guys. There's a, I think we have three guys in the major leagues right now. In the last two years, we've had two guys get drafted or signed. So I saw that we've had um, – that Harvard was putting guys out, which was definitely something that helped me um, realize there was a possibility that you can continue to – I can continue to pursue my baseball dreams uh, at a school like Harvard. Um, I don't know how to really answer what you're trying to ask, but
0: yeah, no, that's honestly, perfect. I, and I, I mean, want
2: to continue to to play as much as possible. And uh, the coaching staff and everyone at Harvard definitely is helping guys get to the next level, um, which is a huge bonus going.
0: Yeah. I mean, what I caught your pen yesterday, and you're up to 96. I think, I think come 20, what is it, 2021, maybe 2022, you'll be you'll be ready to go in the top 10 rounds. I believe in oh, you, but uh,
2: that's that's the dream. <laughs> um,
0: like again, going into the Pro Bowl thing, do you? They're giving you guys plenty of resources to develop. They're giving you soda. I mean, I know I've talked to you about just like how you guys go about your hitting program at Harvard, and you guys. You guys are setting up the hack attack, making things, making things um, as realistic as possible in terms of VLO and spin rate and all that stuff. You know, Harvard's a great place to develop. Am I wrong?
2: 100 percent. I, I can't say enough about how amazing our coaching staff is and all the ways that they they keep cre- things creative and then they challenge us every day to continue to develop. Um, and then just Harvard in general, the culture there is very much work hard. You know, put your nose down and, and earn everything. Um, nothing's really given to you. So I think, yeah, absolutely. The coaching staff and everyone there is really pushing everyone to be better. Um, so I don't think it's a surprise that we're turning out uh, pro guys every year.
1: When, when you, when you first stepped on campus, right? I mean, was it, was it developed right away? Um, obviously things have changed because of COVID. Um, but when you got on campus, COVID was not a thought yet. Mm-hmm. Um so when you got there, was it develop you? Was it the thought of, okay, how can we get this this freshman to play right away? I mean, what was what was kind of the coaching staff's idea? I mean, I guess one kind of goes hand in hand, but was it just kind of get you ready to play college ball or was it to get you better first?
2: I think it was a combination of both. I think, I think that you're right. They come hand in hand. Um, there's a big emphasis, I'd say, especially during the fall, of developing and helping us get – Uh, just improve as baseball players and then as we started getting towards the end of the fall and then obviously right when we got back in the spring it was uh, a focus on getting us ready to play and playing games Uh, in my case we had a couple guys infielders go down with injuries so it was really I was going to be thrown in a position where I'd have to play some innings Um, so there's a big emphasis on just getting me ready to to play in big games
0: Big games like that, uh, like opening up at Alabama last year, right? I, I mean, how did that feel? It
2: <laughs> was crazy. It was amazing. I mean, just like first college game playing in a big SEC stadium, it was it was definitely a a dream come true and also uh, an eye opening experience. I'd say.
1: Was that an atmosphere unlike anything you've ever played in?
2: Yeah, most definitely. That's
0: awesome. Well, you know what's what's advice you would give to current high school players. I mean, everyone's story is so different. Um, so I love asking this question to guys. Um, but what advice would you give, you know, let's say you're talking at Branson to to some young guys, you know, what's something you wish you kind of knew. Um, but also just, you know, development advice
2: as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd say, I'd say the most important thing for me would be invest in the classroom I see a lot of guys that, especially earlier in their high school careers, don't really take the time in the classroom, and that just closes a lot of doors uh, when you start the whole recruiting process. If you're going to have, if you if you put the time in and you get really good grades, it just keeps so many more doors open for you down the road. And in cases like mine, it keeps doors open that wouldn't have been open without without baseball. Like, I wouldn't have been able to attend Harvard without baseball, but since I was able to to keep my grades up, um, and then use baseball to help me get into a school I wouldn't have been able to get into without. Um, I mean, it made a really great situation. So I'd say really take the time and, and do well in class because it keeps so many doors open for you down the road. That probably wouldn't have been open if you didn't invest there.
0: I love that. And I think that's something that people don't realize. It's like, Hey, I want to play college ball. And it's like, absolutely. Like a lot of people do. Right. But it's one of those things I think a lot of guys don't realize until they're going through the process. When first question coaches ask, I I remember first question they'd ask me every time, like, what are your GPA and what are your test scores? Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was the same for you guys.
2: No, absolutely. And I think also, like we talk about the whole index and everything. If you're, if you're neck and neck talent wise with a player, even if it's not a super high Mm -hmm. academic school, even if it's, you know, just a normal school, and one of you is significantly better in the classroom, that's going to give that kid a strong advantage over the other one.
1: Well, and yeah. I think I think another reason, I mean, one, there's no reason not to do it because it keeps open so many doors. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, I would hate for a player to not be able to go to the school that is their dream school because academically they can't get mm-hmm. in because that's something that you can control. I mean, sometimes you can't control if there's someone better than you um I mean sometimes that's just out of your control but you can control what you can do in the classroom for the most part and if you shut some doors because you didn't do the work in the classroom then that's nobody's fault but your own
2: absolutely That's so one one other advice I'd give is never blow a coach off even if you think you're you're way better or you think you can play at a much higher level than his school never never blow a coach off and never give him Uh, don't give him the time of day just because you don't think his school is the perfect fit for you. Always be respectful. I just remember in my case, one of the first schools that ever talked to me, it's this tiny school, it's called Grinnell. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it. Um, Small D3 school, I think it's in Iowa. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was like, Oh, like I I don't think I'm ever going to see myself going there. But my my parents made me respond to him and keep a dialogue open with him just to be polite because he was spending a lot of time trying to talk to me. Um, And in the end, I think I was so grateful I did that because I ended up going to, towards the end of the summer when I was kind of starting to get offers, I went to a camp at Dartmouth. um, And he was there with, there was probably three or four other schools in the Dartmouth there. And he was there and I was like, dang, if I had not been respectful and and nice and had like good conversations with this guy, um, he could really hurt me from getting an offer Mm -hmm. from Dartmouth because he obviously is friends with the Dartmouth coach. So I think just like you never know when coaches are going to know other coaches and all these coaches talk at these bigger, these bigger camps. So always be respectful and give coaches the time of day they give you the time of day because you never know when it's going to affect you with other coaches down the line.
0: Absolutely. And I've heard so many stories of. Of guys that, you know, maybe like a mid-major D1. And then they moved to like a power five and like the kid like kind of blows them off, doesn't want to talk to him because they're at a certain school. And, you know, the coaches move schools to a pack, like, let's say like a big school, like big, big, like power five conference. And then all of a sudden the kid wants to talk to the coach again. And it's like, <laughs> you kind of already screwed yourself over, man. All you had to do was respond. All you have to do is respond. Well, and we, we
1: talked about we talked about in our in our coaches series. I mean coaches talk to coaches. I mean word mm-hmm. of word of mouth recruiting is something that I mean Monty Lee from Clemson talked about. That's a mm-hmm. big part of how he recruits. So if you blow off the small school who's best friends with the Monty Lees of the baseball <laughs> community, I mean you're just shooting yourself in the foot. Same thing. Yeah. It's your own it's your own fault. So I think that was awesome.
0: Yeah, your reputation carries I mean, it's always with you no matter what. I mean, past baseball, whatever you want to say, like you're always building that reputation of who you are as a person throughout life. Um, but, I mean, Will, I mean, thanks again so much for coming on. I guess, like, last question, what's next for you? I mean, you popped a 96 in a pen yesterday. <laughs> what well, you hit 97 or 98. I know you got big league dreams, and I I know you're going to do it. But, um, you know, what's what's Harvard spring looking like? Um, I know you're at home. I mean, COVID's brought a lot of uncertainty and, but, uh, but also past, um, past just the spring, like what's summer look like for you?
2: Mm -hmm. For sure. So obviously COVID has made everything hectic for everybody, but especially us, uh, just a couple of days ago, they announced that they canceled all, all winter sports for the Ivy league, which is definitely disappointing. Um, there's no official word on, on the spring yet. So we're still all praying that we're going to have the chance to go back and compete this spring, but that's still a little bit up in the air and we'll probably figure out more in the next couple of weeks. Um, but beyond that, um, I was fortunate. I, my coach has really helped me get a uh, contract in the Cape Cod league this summer. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go play there this summer. So I'm really looking forward to that and hopefully I can just have a season uh, at school to help uh, get me ready for that
1: dude that's awesome um best of luck in the well best of luck this spring hopefully you guys have a season
2: and something
1: together um but best of luck in the cape cod league man that's that's exciting that's awesome and go out there and pump pump upper nines man blow some dudes
0: away i can't wait till you hit 100 will i can't (laughs) wait it's gonna be sick
1: all right well thanks man thanks again for coming on
2: thank you guys so much